podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. All right, so let's get right into God's word this morning. As we get, listen to this, as we get older, and and notice that I said we, we, everybody collectively is part of this process. As we get older, Alexis, here's the, here, so you can start setting up the uh, virtual lobby. As we get older, regardless of health, regardless of wealth, and everything else, regardless, forgetfulness becomes more and more frequent. Now, yes, in some cases, forgetfulness can um, come as a consequence of health issues. Forgetfulness can be um, can come as part of emotional trauma. It also can come in as part of perhaps the consequence of an accident. But forgetfulness is a pretty normal and common thing. To some extent, forgetfulness is pretty common. It's a common occurrence for us all. Because of our mental limitations, many folk will then develop uh, creative ways, creative um, tricks and hacks so that they can remember to, uh, 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 they can remember to follow up with things that really matter to them. I personally take avid notes. I take avid notes, avid notes. I have notes everywhere in specific places so that I will not forget the things that matter to me. For some folk, there are phone numbers that will never be forgotten. I don't know about you, but I still remember my childhood phone number. I still remember 302-652-8658. That's my childhood phone number. I still remember that. Um, and it's because it really mattered to me. Now, don't ask me about phone numbers today because I cannot remember phone numbers. But there are dates that matter to us, and there are seasons that matter to us. Uh, There are images, there are certain smells and certain scents and tastes that will trigger memory, sometimes good and unfortunately, sometimes bad. Speaking of bad forgetfulness, There are also memories that we may fight and wrestle so that we don't remember them. We'll do anything within our power to keep certain memories from resurfacing. Today, what we're going to talk about, we're going to continue with our chat on on our theme about getting ready. We are going to look at things that God had asked Joshua and the people of Israel in an effort to keep them all from the pitfalls of forgetfulness, there were some things that God had required and asked of Joshua and the people of Israel, especially uh, when it comes to things that matter most. So go with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 4. We're going to read seven verses. Out of those seven verses, then we are going to get to the crux of the teaching this morning. I want to just share a few points with you, some practical points that you can Add to your day-to-day life uh, to help you when it comes to forgetfulness. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Are you with me? Make sure that down below you are still engaged with me. Emojis. 
You can give me some hands up. You can give me some prayer emojis, some worship. You can do that, guys. Come on. We are in service. So let's go right into the first scripture. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Verse 3, tell them to take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at a place where you will camp tonight. Verse 4, so Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. Verse 5, he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord, your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 6, we will use these stones to build a memorial. To build a what? A memorial in the future. Listen to this. Your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Verse 7, then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Pastor, what does all of this have to do with remembrance? Well, um, as the theme for the year is get ready, today's specific message is remembrance. There are things, um, there are things that God will ask you not to remember. Listen to this. There are things that God will ask you not to remember. For instance, and I'm not going to give you all of the verses because I don't have enough time to get into it, but there are places in the Bible where God is asking his children not to remember the old things from your past. There are things that God will ask you not to remember, like the systems that you used to succumb to, the old world's system whether it was alcoholism, whether it was addiction, whether it was gambling, whether it was abuse, that is a world system. And God is saying to you that he doesn't want you to remember those ways. Again, he doesn't want you to remember your past sins. When God has forgiven you of your sins, you have been forget, uh, forgiven now and forever and always, all right? He doesn't want you to remember the wicked ways, whatever your wicked ways were, he doesn't want you to remember those. You are a new creation. Lastly, he doesn't want you to remember, and this is a real big one because it affects us all. I'm guilty, but he doesn't want us to remember the wrong that was done to us. He doesn't want us to remember the wrong, the hurt, the pain, the suffering that others have caused us. He doesn't want us to remember those things. He wants us to live free. Now, these aren't easy, but he doesn't want you to allow these things to simmer and consume your thoughts and take up residence in your heart and mind. God knows that if you give them space in your heart and in your mind, they will eventually be manifested in your actions, in your attitude towards others, especially people that do not deserve it. This is why there are times that there are dads that will manifest anger where it shouldn't be. Uh, this is why husbands will manifest anger where it shouldn't be and wives 
in the same way. So we have to be very careful with this. But clearly, but clearly, there are things that take place in our lives, and that's what we're going to look at this morning, in our lives that God wants us to remember. There are things in our lives that God wants us to remember, and not only remember, but he wants us to remember them constantly. And not only does he want us to remember those things constantly, but he wants us to remember those things constantly and then tell others, and tell others. I do not get tired of uh, telling my children the very same stories over and over and over and over uh, because my dad did it to me, so we're going to do that to our children. Now, the children of Israel, they had just witnessed a supernatural providence of God, and it was similar to the stories that they had grown up hearing, and now they are on the receiving end of a major miracle in their lives. When we left the people of Israel and Joshua last week, they were literally getting ready to cross over, to cross over into the, um, into the promised land and take possession. However, before they could take possession of their promise, they had to cross a river. There was a river between the promised land and the people of Israel. So when the time came to cross the Jordan River, the Levites, they were priests, the priests, the Levites, they would lead the people, and on their shoulder, on their shoulder, they would be carrying a box, and that box was called the Ark of the Covenant. I explained this last week. I don't have time to get into it this week, but if you go into our archive, on the app, or you could go at scarletnote.org, there is a full explanation about uh, uh, what they were carrying. Now, interesting to me is that God gives instructions to the people of Israel to move when they see the Levites, the priests, move. He, he tells them, don't walk ahead, walk behind. He then tells them, hey, And after and before you do that, make sure that you go and you purify yourselves. That was a ceremonial cleansing, all right? That was all a ritual that they would uh, um, participate of so that they would be cleansed and purified before God's presence. Now, the Bible says that when the feet of the priest, and I'm going to try to give you a summary of what happened, that when the feet of the priest touched the river, the guys that were carrying that Ark of the Covenant, the river stopped in its flow and it began to simply pile up and it became almost as a wall. So the river piles up from the moment that the priests put their feet into the river as they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. The ground on which the priest stood was completely dry till all of the people of Israel crossed over to the other side. Man, could you imagine the sight of that? After everyone crosses over to the other side, now God immediately, immediately instructs them to take 12 stones from the very place where this miracle was taking place. And he said, I want you to grab those 12 stones and I want you to pile them up And these 12 stones are going to serve as a memorial, not just for you, but also for the children in the future. You get that? Are you following with me? It was important to God that they would pause 
that they would reflect that almost immediately as the miraculous is taking place, the very first thing that God is asking them to do is, hey, set up a memorial so that you can remember and not forget this. Now, the waters hadn't receded. They hadn't, um, um, they, they hadn't gone back to normal. And that's what the first thing that God is saying. I want you to build a reminder of what I have done today. Now, they hadn't possessed the land yet, and God wants them to pause and reflect. Listen, there are steps here. They crossed the Jordan River, and he, wa he wants them to pause and reflect on this part. They're not even possessing the land yet. They're still crossing the river, and he, and he asks specifically, I want you to remember that. Remember that step. Don't, don't, we're not getting to the possession yet. We're getting to this step, and I want you to celebrate that, and I want you to remember that because I don't want you to forget that. Wow. Now, I want to give you these real quick points today so that you can take them with you, apply them with you during the week, and, and, and in weeks to come, days to come. I want you to reflect. I want you to ponder on the things I'm going to share with you. What does all of this have to do with my walk as a Christian? What does all of this have to do with my walk as a son, as a daughter of the Most High God? Number one, point number one, point number one, point number one. God wants us to remember all, all the wins, small or large. He wants you to remember all of the wins, small or large. He wants you to pause. God wants you to reflect, to meditate on his goodness, his mercy, his grace. And he wants you, especially when we are experiencing hardship, he wants you to remember. Remember when I did this? Yes, I want you to remember those small wins. Out of Psalms chapter uh, 77, verse 10 through 12, I encourage you to read the whole chapter for context. We can't do that now because of time. But he said, the psalmist said, this is my fate. The most high has turned his hand against me. But, but, this is David is having a moment where he feels that God has forgiven him. He has forgiven him, that God has abandoned him, that God has turned his back on him, that God has shut the door uh, from heaven over his life. Then he says, but, verse 11, then I recall all that you have done. Oh, Lord, I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are what? Verse 12, they are what? Constantly, constantly, constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Wow. Our lives as children of God should be so fulfilled that if God never does anything else for us today or tomorrow, we can live so content with all that has already been done for us in the past. Did you get that? Did you get that? You should write that down. We should live so fulfilled in our lives with all that God has done thus far that if God doesn't do anything, if God doesn't answer any of our prayers, if God doesn't uh, perform any more miracles, if God doesn't provide anything for us tomorrow and on, we are still so fulfilled, we ought to live so fulfilled 
with everything that he has already done, that it should suffice. It should be enough. Family, friends, there are times along our journey in life where we may feel like God has forsaken us, where God has forgotten about, about us. And I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm guilty of this. I felt this way. I've accused God of forgetting about me many, many times. And then he brings into my remembrance all of the big and the small things that he has done in my life. Like the one time that I laid in a hospital for 15 days, 15 days with fevers above 104 degrees, waiting for a colostomy. I was waiting for a surgery that was going to take place, a colostomy, all right? Because the surgeon said, you are going to need it. You, you can't live without it. 15 days in the hospital, only to see them after 15 days, the doctors come out and say, I know what I saw. I know that what I saw was there, but now I have to say that what I know that I saw that was there is no longer there. You can go home. So God brings that into my remembrance. Or the one time that my wife laid uh, after uh, having uh, being uh, pregnant and carrying uh, our third child, there, uh, she was... Uh, again, there was my, 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 my wife in her womb. There was a lifeless body in my wife's womb. And the doctor had come out to tell me that I had to make a decision between the life of my wife or removing, extracting the, extracting the lifeless body of my third child. I panicked. I freaked out. And I remember my mother was with me. And she said, doctor, give us a moment. We're just going to pray. Just give us a moment before we make a decision. My mom encouraged me during that time of hardship to pray together. We prayed together. And as we are finishing our prayer, the doctors come out so excited. They said, we have a heartbeat. We have a heartbeat. And listen, guys, that heart hasn't stopped beating. Over 20 years later, now that child is the one that leads us here creatively. Could we hear it for Alexis? <laughs> so God gives us a moment. God gives us moments like this where, where we can thrive and we can live and we can grow into the next hardship and the next seasons of our life. Why? Because he will bring into the remembrance all of those wins, small and big. God wants us to keep an inventory of all that he has done for you. But more importantly, he likes it, especially when you tell others about all of those wins. So that was my first point. The second point this morning, God wants us to remember his unconventional ways. He wants us to remember his unconventional ways. What the people of Israel had in front of them was a river. There was a river that was in front of them. What the people had uh, was um, a natural barrier. Conventional rationale would say that what these people needed to get to the other side wasn't a bath, a ceremonial cleansing, and what they needed, rationally speaking, wasn't for priests to lead them across the river by carrying a box. Rational thinking or conventional thinking would lead us at looking at perhaps we need to build a flotation device perhaps a boat or a raft or even building a bridge. That's more rational. This makes more sense than following a wood box, being carried by priests and having to take a bath. That makes no sense. 
So point number two, God wants us to remember that his unconventional, that his ways are unconventional. Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything that you can imagine. Verse nine says, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Don't be alarmed that you are being offered a job that you're not qualified for. We have heard many people say, Pastor, I am not qualified for this raise. I am not qualified for this new job. I should not be doing what I am doing. And I say, yeah, that's God's way. It just makes no sense. It's unconventional. So uh, some may feel that you may have a husband that, or a wife that you don't deserve. Becky, you deserve me. You deserve me. <laughs> you deserve me. That's right. All right. It's not the, that's not this kind of a, of a program, honey. His ways are not our ways, and his ways are always higher. Point number three. Point number three. God wants us to remember his trustworthiness. God wants us to remember his trustworthiness. What do I mean by this? What? Do I mean by this? Again, number two was that his ways are unconventional. They're not our ways. There are things that are going to happen that you can't be prepared for, that you may not be able to explain it. God goes, yep, that's exactly how my ways are. You can't figure me out. Nope, nope. And then number three, he's saying, hey, I want you to remember as we pick up those stones, I want you to remember and keep in mind, all right, in the same way that we cross this river, and I didn't use conventional thinking, conventional planning, conventional strategy. Listen, I want you to remember my trustworthiness. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Man, you, you got to read this and you got to keep it in your verses, in your archive of verses, all right? Your arsenal. It says, God is not a man. God is not a man. Guys, come on. God is not a man. So he does not lie. He is not human. So he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? God is incapable of forgetting. Man, can I put that accent in there? Incapable of forgetting. God is a covenantal God. That means that he's a God of covenant. He is a God of promises, a God of vows. He says it, he's going to do it. If he says he's going to be there, he's going to be there. If he says he's going to show up, God will show up. Isaiah 55, verse 11. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always, and it always, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to accomplish, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. That's the word of God. This is the kind of God we serve. Your heavenly father isn't like your heavenly father. Let me say that again. Your heavenly father isn't, I'm sorry, your heavenly father isn't like your, uh, uh, your earthly father. Let me say that one more time. Your heavenly father isn't like your earthly father who can forget birthdays. 
As a father there, uh, have you ever forgotten a birthday? Yeah, guilty of that too. Not your, not your heavenly father. Will he ever forget recitals? Yeah, because we've done that. Listen, during your hardship, during your toughest times, during your challenges, uh, during um, um, hardships or even uh, those experiences that are um, beyond, beyond, beyond tolerable, your heavenly father will never forget you. Listen, Jesus, Jesus knows, he said this, he said that your heavenly father knows the sum of the hairs on your head. So think about that. I don't think your earthly father can do that. I know I can't do it, but God said, Jesus says about his heavenly father, he goes, hey, your heavenly father knows every single hair on your head, except for David, of course. <laughs> I'm just joking, David. Just joking, David. <laughs> your heavenly father is not, and this is how we ought to live our lives as Christians. We should have complete trustworthiness. There's a story of a little kid that was in an airplane. And as and some of you may have heard this because I've shared it before. And the, 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 uh, the airplane suffered turbulence, great turbulence, great turbulence. Everybody is holding on and everybody started to pray and everybody is freaking out all through the entire plane. And there was this little child who had his little tablet and he's just so calmly looking through his tablet, so calm. And the person that was sitting next to him said, said, young man, how can you be so calm? How can you be so calm in a time like this? The child said, oh, I'm not worried. My father is the pilot. And in the same way, we have to conduct ourselves that in, this, in the times of turbulence, we know who is guiding and who is leading our life. You got that? Number four, my last point, and we're wrapping this thing up today. My last point as we wrap up today. God wants us to remember that he is timeless. He is timeless. This is one of my favorite topics. I could talk about this forever because I love it, but the guys are not allowing me to do that. Timeless, timeless. Listen, what he did for one generation, God promises and he wants you to remember that if he did it for one generation, he can, he will, and he wants to do it for the next generation. You cannot live your life simply, simply fulfilled that God did this for grandma, that God did this for dad, no, God wants you to remember in the things that we memorialize. He wants us to remember that if God did it for grandmom and granddad, and if God did it for dad and God did it for mom, in your times of despair, in your times of hardship, he will, he wants to do it for you as well. Listen, God is generational. He is a generational God. God is a father of sons and daughters. He is not a father of subjects, servants, and, sub, uh, and, sub, sub, uh, and, 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 and servants that are slaves. No, he is a father. He is a father of sons, daughters. And you know what? He calls those sons and daughters friends. And that's a beautiful thing. But never, you're never a subject. You are never a servant. You are never to him. You are not a slave to him. You, uh, do you understand? 
that you, it's intimate. He is a father to you. He is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. It's generational. We have a responsibility to remind our children more and more, more than ever before, about God's goodness in times like these. We need to remind our children of God's providence during times like these. We need to remind our children about God in our times of need. Parents, God didn't leave the responsibility of reminding our children of God's existence, his goodness and mercy to the pastor. This is not my responsibility for your children. No, it's not the responsibility of government and it's not the responsibility of the schools. He has given that responsibility to remind the next generation, the future generation, he has given that responsibility to you, mom and dad. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he or she is old, he will not depart from it. However, a big error in parenting today that we find with a lot of young parents today is that more and more than any other time, parents are so invested in preparing the way for the child to go than they are in preparing the child for the way. Did you get that? Many parents are working and investing in the way that the child should go versus preparing the child for the way. God is not a God that, as we said before, that is human. He's not a God that forgets. He's not a God that's incapable. God is not a faith. He is not a religion. He is a father, but not just any father who is flawed and prone to error. He is the epitome. He is the embodiment of fatherhood. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 17, and this is how we end today. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. There we go. You're not fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we can call him Abba, Father. Abba, that word Abba, means daddy. We can call him daddy. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, then we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. That is awesome. You know, there are things that he may ask of you to do today that will serve you probably no serve uh, no purpose. He's probably going to ask you to do some things that will make no sense and, and may even feel an in, like it's an inconvenience for you, or it may be an inconvenience of your time or inconvenience of your finances. And it's not because it's necessarily for you, but there are times that God is doing things kind of like what he did with the people of Israel. Grab those stones. Those stones are going to be a memorial, not just for you, but they're a memorial for the children that are coming behind you, for the generation that comes behind you. And there are things in our lives that God is asking us to do, that he has putting us through, 
And it's not for us, but it's for another generation that's coming behind us. God made it a point for Joshua and the people of Israel. Before you move into your next steps, into your next life steps, you be sure to put a reminder in your life timeline so that you can remember me. Today, this is what he says to you. Dad, that's at home. Mom, that's at home. Son, daughter. God wants you to remember. God doesn't want you to forget that he is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. Remember me. This is what God is saying to you. Remember me during hardship. Remember me during hard times. Whatever your struggle may be, remember me. But parents, how can our children remember a God that they're not familiar with? This is why there's a responsibility for us as parents to continue, to continue to remind our children about God's goodness. Amen and amen. Well, that's my time today. I know I, I've gone over. The guys have been giving me the cut, cut, cut sign. Um, and... Um, and, and I know my time's up, but I just want to pray with you if I can. Um, Becky, come up if you can so we can wrap things up. I want to pray for you this morning. I don't know what your hurt is. I don't know what the hardship is. I don't know what these uh, difficult moments are in your life, but I just, I just want to join in prayer with you all this morning. Um, hopefully, this is something that has blessed you. This is something that has uh, been able to be helpful, Amen. that you can apply this um, in your walk as a Christian. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your family. Um, young man, young woman that's listening to me this morning, father, mother, grandparents, let me pray this morning for you. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.